Wow, so great to be here in church today. I know some of you arrived and it was dark. Why don't you um, give a little heads up, hello to the people beside you, make sure you know who you're sitting next to and in the row. I know we've got people who are traveling, um, who are guests here today. You've come with other people. You've come from other churches. Um, you're here on holiday for Anzac Weekend. Some familiar faces come back to us. Great to all be here today. Um, who's having a great morning so far? And you know what? If you're a visitor here today, there is free coffee for you. We've got our special baristas. You can have chai, hot chocolate, soy milk, almond milk, whatever you fancy. And it's all for free, like the salvation of God. How good is that? So my name is Kylie. I'm part of the team here. Our senior pastors are away. Um, they've been in the Gold Coast for the ACC National Conference. Um, at the moment, they're in Brisbane and visiting with um, Carmel, their daughter, who's in the armed services. And um, so I guess I got up really early and went to some sort of thing this morning, a service this morning. And uh, yeah, they'll be back um, next week and we look forward to having them back. So today, you've got me, Kylie. Here I am, a Kiwi on Anzac Weekend. Good times. What I want to, well, let me just tell you quickly, I have been traveling a lot for work and I have a new car and it's the first car that I've had with cruise control. <laughs> Pastor Michael, I've forgotten my clicker. Could you give me the clicker? <laughs> I'm so organized, thank you. Um, and it's got like threefold cruise control. You put it on cruise control and it will, you know, keep your level cruise. But not only that, it's got some sort of radar assist so that if the car in front of you slows down, you don't need to hit the brakes and stuff around and go back and reset cruise control. It slows you down to match the speed of the car in front of you. And it also has this thing called lane assist, which I'd never heard of. And it was pretty confronting the first time it happened. The car takes over for you if you start to veer over a centre line, if it can see the white line, and it nudges you back into the line. How great is that? So it's pretty much self-driving. So I took my hands off for a moment, and it like stays in the middle of the road, and I was like, wow, it's like self-driving. And then it's beeping at you. It says, hold on to the wheel. It's definitely not allowed to self-drive cars yet. So I'm safe. I hold on. But man, it's been good. Wave your hands if you have a car with cruise control. I never had one before. Isn't it great? Traveling by yourself, like long distances as we do in Australia, South Australia, it just makes it really less tiring and heaps easier. It takes a lot of the work out for me, so I've been enjoying it. i tell you something that we don't need. Cruise control in a car is good, but we don't need as the church to be in a spiritual cruise control. Come on, where are my Bible college peeps? I'm going to repeat that. We don't need our church to be in a spiritual cruise control. Oh, come on, the people who used to do Bible college. We don't need the church to be in cruise control. Wow, come on. You're on board. I can feel it. I want to read from the Message Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, and if you've got our church up, it's in the notes there, and um, you can follow along with that as well. Chapter 1, verse 20 to 23, it's so cool. God raised Jesus from death and set him on the throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe from galaxies to gov governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything, and at the center of all this, 
Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. Peripheral means on the outside. It's not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Turn to your neighbor and say peripheral. (laughs) The church cannot be. (laughs) The church is the body of Christ. And the church cannot be in cruise control. The letter to the Ephesians is incredible. It's not good to read it just one line at a time, especially that line that says, wives obey your husbands. Dude, read the whole letter. And you've got to read it from the point of view of Paul is having this incredible, oh, I feel the oomph of the room, incredible vision of the church, of God's position for the church in the world. It's like he sees the earth And then he sees the universe. It's like he's writing this whole book of Ephesians from standing outside, looking on all, not just the universe, the seen and the unseen. He sees the earth and the universe and the whole spiritual realm. And right in the center of it all, it's like he sees there's this bright, sparking, like a heartbeat lighting up everything. And throughout all the ages, that is the church And this is in the very beginning, the very first century, when everyone was like, what the heck is the church? The Jewish people fit Jesus, their Messiah, into the Jewish church, and then God's blessing other people who have not even been circumcised, and they're still eating pork, and the Jews are going, they get in as well? It's as if God is saying, everyone gets in. Anyone who believes in Jesus. No one could understand what this crazy thing church is. We hardly understand it now. And Paul has this revelation that the church is like this bright spark, the heartbeat of light through the ages, because the church is not just what we see. It is the body of Christ that matters in the physical, but also in the spiritual. I bet none of us would go this far. If I had made this up, I would have queried my theology. But this is what the Bible says. Paul says in Ephesians 3.10, it's kind of outrageous. God's intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. Through the church, the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm will know about God's glory. God's position is that the body of Christ is central to the entire cosmos, cosmos, universe, everything. So you know how you have a body? Wave your hands if you've got one. Yeah. Hey, everyone in the room. So if you've got a body, we've got a body, we've also got a spirit. There is one body of Christ in the world and God has put his Holy Spirit in it to bring it to life. You see, the Holy Spirit is given to each one of us. Every person who is a believer can receive the Holy Spirit. Ah, thank you, Jesus. And he teaches us to pray and he heals us. And when we read the Bible, he makes it alive and he makes it make sense. And even when all we've got is groans, he ministers to us and he, and he teaches us and he makes that a prayer. It's so wonderful to have the Holy Spirit. I thank God, like the, all of the ages that I get to live in this age now when we're able to receive, he actually lives inside us. But the Holy Spirit is not given to us for just our benefit The Holy Spirit is given to every believer, but he is not changed. 
It's not like the Holy Spirit gets torn up into tiny millions of little bits. There is one Spirit given to one body of Christ. He's not divided. There is one Spirit who enlivens, makes alive the one body of Christ. You see, church, it's us who are changed, the millions of tiny little spirits. We are changed as God makes us so united that he calls us that one body of Christ. That's deep, eh? I'm going to say it again. Bible college people, I'm talking to you. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit is given to every believer, not given to us just for our benefit. The Holy Spirit is not divided into tiny little bits. He remains unchanged because there is only one Spirit and there is only one body of Christ. It is us who are changed. It is you. It is me. We are changed. We are no longer just ourselves. We become members of the one body of Christ. And that is why, church, I have the boldness to tell you right now that there is no life for the believer outside of the church. There is no life for a believer, a follower of Christ, outside of the body of Christ because the body of Christ is the body of him, which is the one place where the spirit dwells. He is the head. We are the church You can't be on the side. There is no side. And the church cannot be in cruise control. We are the body of Christ in the world. We're the one plan that Jesus has. The same mission that he had when he walked through Jerusalem and Nazareth and everywhere he walked. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed his plan. He didn't change his mission. The mission remains the same, to save the world. And now he does it. He's ascended and he's left his body enlivened by his spirit to complete his mission, his purpose. So how do you know that you are just cruising? That's not a representation of me and my self-driving car. (laughs) I definitely hold the wheel, I promise. I've got a one-heart sticker on. I try to drive real safe. <laughs> How do you know you are just cruising? You know what? You'll just know. My daughter, Amy, um, has moved to New Zealand now, and she's at uni, and she's had a lot of big changes, and she's going to this really great church called Arise Church, and it's a church plant, so they're all about, like, come on, let's raise expectation to, you know, start something new. We're going to open the doors and change the city of Auckland, and she was sort of saying to me, you know, Mum, every single preaching, every single life group, every single leader, all I keep hearing about is... Get out of your comfort zone. Don't settle for your comfort zone. Move out of your comfort zone. Expand your comfort zone. She's looking at me going, I'm so far out of my comfort zone, I just don't even remember what comfort looks like. Because, of course, she's moved from tiny little Port Lincoln over to Auckland City, right in the city. She's moved from Australia to New Zealand. She's moved from, you know, her parents' house to a big multi-story uni apartment. There's probably more people on her floor than there are in this room where she lives. And so it's a time of great stretching for her. And she's like, I'm not comfortable. I'm not there. I think if you hear a message about being in a comfort zone, what I'm calling cruise control, that you will know. You'll be able to know in your own self if you're in that comfortable place, if you've got your routines, 
you know, you're still maybe praying and going to church and joining a life group and going about your stuff, but you know that you've got your routines and Jesus is part of the routines. But are you dreaming new dreams? And are you praying new prayers? And are you growing? Are you actually identifying, wow, I'm taking a big step out in faith here, Jesus. Wow, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take a big, bold step here to reach those people for the gospel. I'm growing. God is able to grow me. Lord, how do I deal with this problem? It's so far beyond me. I need you because it's so big. And I'm not talking about being out of your comfort zone because of all your problems. I'm not talking about being stretched out of your wits because of all your problems. I'm talking about can Jesus grow us? Can we increase our capacity for him to be a more effective member of the body of Christ, to be that bright spark? Because there are problems in Port Lincoln. If you're from somewhere else, you know there are problems in your town and we need to see lives change, captives made free, things change in people's lives, justice to occur, healing to occur, families to be restored. And that's going to happen when the bright heartbeat of the universe, the church is an active, alive part of the body of Christ. And I know there's been a pandemic and the world is still in the middle of it. Half the time we can't, haven't been able to always get to church and Perth, I think, can't be in church today, you know, and it may happen again in the future, I don't know. But if you look at what Jesus says and what the New Testament says, Jesus is like in season and out of season. Whether the fig tree should have been fruitful or not, I'm demanding that it's fruitful. Look through the parables that Jesus said. He requires a return on his investment. He's going to talk to our generation of the church and say, I gave you time, I gave you my spirit, I gave you gifts, where is the return on my investment? Not because he's mean to us or a hard taskmaster, but because he loves the world. Because he died, guys, for every single soul. There was a time when Israel was literally hostage, captive, like we've kind of been captive under the pandemic. Israel was captive under Babylon. And God said, you should still increase and be fruitful. Jeremiah 29.5, the Lord said, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and see fruit and eat the produce, take wives, have sons and daughters, multiply there, do not decrease God is never telling us to decrease. He is always about leveling up and going deeper and and having more as if there is still more for God to have, still more for us to have. So we can't be, can we, in cruise control. We can't be cruising. There's four things that I just want to talk about briefly about um, the things that mark us as the body of Christ in the world. I wonder if you agree. I think the body of Christ is identified and marked as people who live a life of prayer, who live in the word of God, who live a life of gathering, and who live life connected. If you're on the app, those are all in there. So the life of prayer, we've got to live a life of prayer. Colossians 1.18, it says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. We're the body He's the head. Which means we've got to pray. It's the beginning point of becoming a Christian and then following Jesus. Imagine if your, head, if your body didn't 
communicate with your head. Wouldn't that be weird? The body is like looking ahead and it's going, oh, here you go. There's a wall. Don't keep walking. There's a wall and your body's like, I'm walking. My kids did that when they were little. Just not watching at all. Imagine if your body didn't communicate with your head. How ridiculous. It means you would be broken, doesn't it? So as the body, we need to be in constant communication with the head, which is Jesus. So to be a Christian and Christ follower, part of the body means to be a prayer, to be a people of prayer. Spurgeon said the children of God are praying children. How could they be anything else? Our Father is how our prayer is how we speak to our Father. So we need to be people who pray. And if you don't currently pray and you're a Christian and you just pray occasionally, I want to start to say, you know, the Bible says let's be serious. Let's treat carefully the things of God. This is sacred and holy stuff. Let's treat it seriously. Let's start to get serious about our prayer time. Can you feel the Holy Spirit starting to stir you there? The Bible says to pray always, doesn't it? To pray constantly, to pray daily, to pray all the time. So if you don't pray, can I encourage you to start to pray? Just commit to pray. So I'm going to be a praying person. I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm going to be communicating with the head and not walking into any walls. If you already pray and you just kind of make it up as you go along, why don't you say, set an alarm, I'm going to pray for five minutes every day. Keep praying, don't give up until that five is up. If you already pray for five, pray for 10. If you pray for 10, pray for 20. If you pray for 45, let's go for an hour. Set that alarm and just keep pressing on. It's not always easy. But neither is talking to your husband. I've got one of those. But it's worth it in the long run. He's not here. (laughs) I bet he would say the same. We need to be praying to hear the voice of the Spirit. So I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, will you commit? Can you start to commit? Let's not be on cruise control for that. We need to be connected. We need to make commitment. Motivation isn't always going to get us there. Discipline is making a commitment. So I'm going to speak to you every day, Lord, and listen to you every day. We're living a life of prayer as the body of Christ. Life in the Word. 1 Corinthians, sorry, it's not 16. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So that bright heartbeat of the light of the world, the body of Christ, lighting up the universe, cannot be a people who waste all their hours just mindlessly streaming, you know, Netflix and entertainment, just empty entertainment hours every day. There are some people listening to this on the podcast not that there's anything wrong with the podcast, there's <laughs> some people listening here in this church who need to start to monitor your time, who need to start to go, Lord Jesus, the time you gave me is so precious. There is not much of it. It goes really fast. Who knows how many tomorrows that we may even have. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not just going to sit my body on the couch every single day, all evening, doing nothing when I am the body of Christ. And I need to be an active part of the body of Christ. Do you know that the CEO of Netflix, and I'm not saying that, you know, Netflix is the devil or anything, 
But the CEO of Netflix, some, when they started all these streaming things, somebody um, interviewing him said, oh, you know, you, which one do you think is your biggest competition? We've got Stan and Disney Plus or whatever all the other ones are. And he said, none of them are our competition. The only competition that Netflix has is the human being's requirement to sleep. Isn't that terrible? He's like, the only thing that will stop a human being once they sit down and start watching Netflix, the only thing that can stop them is that occasionally they need to go to sleep, which I think is a bit demonic that he thought that. But we can't be that people who waste our precious time. It is a tool, it's a resource, it's a gift, and we need to be monitoring our time and using it for the glory of God. And, um, you know getting filled up with the word, not just consuming in empty entertainment. What's the first thing you do in the morning? Is it wake up and turn your alarm off and then start scrolling through media? Or can it be, can you make a choice today that the first thing I'm going to do is to read your word? It's better than food. I need to feed my spirit. Are some of us here malnourished? We're eating just emptiness all the time in our spirits and occasionally on a Sunday we'll hear a bit of the word of God. We need to be getting that into us first and saying this is my priority and praying first thing in the morning, eating the word, soaking in it, reading it, letting it read us and transform us. If you don't read the Bible every day, how can you be connected and communicating with the head? Because that is the word of God that speaks to us. I want to challenge you today to start to make a commitment to just read the Bible every day. If you can't read, doesn't even matter. You can get it on new version and it'll read itself to you. As you put it on your makeup, have the Bible going. As you've got spare time, have the Bible talking to you. When you get in your car for that five-minute journey in Port Lincoln, have the Bible talking to you. If you're going all the way back to Adelaide, put that Bible on. Go through Ephesians. We need to be people of the Word, not just empty entertainment. We need to live a life. We'll not need to. We, as the body of Christ, live a life gathered. Ephesians 4, 11, 13 says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip the people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. You can't be a Christian and hate the church. can't be like, I love Jesus, but I'm not into that church business. Because if you know Jesus, if Jesus is your head, Jesus loves the church. Ephesians 5 says, Jesus loves the church. And he gave up his life for her. And he washes her in the word and, and ministry to make her spotless and blameless to without blemish, presented to the Father. Jesus loves the church. The more you get to know Jesus, you'll love the church. And I know it's filled with all these weirdos, but you know what? That is God's plan. That is God's plan. To be a regular church attender, the statistics tell us now, is to go to church once every three weeks. You hear that? Once every three weeks, they reckon, is called regular church attenders now. And to that I would say... Come on, mate. Come on. If you're a believer, you know that's, you know what that is. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit, is it? There is nowhere in the scripture that talks about attending church occasionally once every three weeks. It says meet daily. B 
see together the gathering of the body when the when the that's when the Holy Spirit comes when people are in unity we're people who gather you are missed when you're not here on a Sunday look at these empty seats you're missed if you're listening on the podcast okay you might have a good reason like Ebony does who just had a baby little baby boy called Levi congratulations Ebony and Kyle so she's got a good reason But in general, we are people who gather. Some people have said to me, I'm not going to do anything at church. I just come to church sometimes, but I'm not going to be on a roster. I don't want to be in church or do anything in church um, because I am the body of Christ out there in my workplace. But do you know what? That's a very foolish understanding about what the body of Christ is. I'm a nurse, I can tell you, and you all waved your hands that you've got a body. The body has internal processes as well as external functions. As Pastor Josh says in communion, there's both. There's stuff that has to happen internal to the body to feed it, to nourish it, to grow it. And then it can actively, you know, go out into the world and be the hands and feet of Christ. We need to be doing both. It's not one or the other. So if you haven't made that commitment somehow, if you take church, I take it or leave it, then I want to encourage you to commit to being people who gather, to gathering together, not because it's a rule, but because it's so good. And this is where we remember that we are the body of Christ. We're not just little individuals on our own. And the last one is we want to live, well, the body of Christ lives life connected. 1 Corinthians 2, 6, when one member suffers, all members suffer together. When one member is honored, all rejoice. Romans 12, 5, for though we are many, we are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Even all these crazy guys. And of course, this doesn't refer to just one heart church, but the church in the world where members of one another and that's where the Holy Spirit dwells in the one body of Christ so at one heart we really want to encourage people you know if you feel lonely if you are not connected will you stop just kind of cruising along living like that will you join in will you join into a life group I sometimes quite often I'm lonely I don't have you know family here my husband's away now my daughter's gone I'm all empty nesting and all sorts of things I get quite lonely all last term and last year when life groups are going I think I was kind of waiting for someone to invite me to a life group no one invited me and then I thought you know what Kylie stop waiting around for someone to invite you and and so I decided to run a life group and then I advertised it and guess what no one wanted to come. So I thought, oh, I've got to go and invite them even there. And I invited a whole bunch of people and they still didn't want to come. So I tracked some people down eventually and I invited them and they are going to come. I think we've got a crew now. But if you are lonely, you know, Ephesians tells us to grow up into maturity. Stop being a baby Christian. Be the one and expect to be the one who can be a blessing. There's lots of baby, lots of lonely people in the world. Reach out. How can I engage that person? How can I be a blessing to them? Join a life group. Be part of life together. Stop cruising through life as a church as though you're disconnected. It's like the body of Christ cannot have leprosy. You can't be 
you know, you can't go to the shops and your hand's like, no, I'll just stay home, thanks. And you're like, okay. And you leave your hand at home. Like bits of your body are sort of trailing off all over the place. The body of Christ is connected. All the members are connected. And that's when we know that we become that bright spark. And we have to be so that we can be um, the body of Christ effectively in the world and carry out Jesus' mission. Will you stand with me today? I want to speak to people who want to take a step closer to Jesus, who want to be passionate about their prayer again, who want to say, I don't want to be in cruise control anymore. Do you know how you stop being in cruise control in a car? You hit the brakes. And I feel like the Holy Spirit today is starting to stir in some people and starting to say, I need to hit the brakes on that, how I never share with anyone, how I never ask for help, how I keep all my problems to myself. The Holy Spirit is saying, hit the brakes on that and start a new way. Join a life group, get connected. The Holy Spirit is saying, you know, hit the brakes on that tenacious hold that Sunday's my day and the church can't take it off me, that fear that they'll suck you dry or something. Holy Spirit is saying, Hit the brakes on that. You've got that upside down. You already are part of the body. Be together, be nourished, be strengthened. The team are just going to start to sing. And I want you to, if you feel comfortable, you know, close your eyes, lift your hands and start to do some business with Jesus. Has He been stirring something in you this morning? My daughter, my son, I want you to to be in the gathering. I want... I want you to be here every Sunday. I want to. I want to speak with you every day. I want to. Pray. I want you to pray. It's the Holy Spirit drawing you to say, Lord, I. How did I stay in cruise control for so long? I want to pray every day. Why don't you start singing and do that transaction with Jesus? Lord, I'm ready to turn off binge watching and wasting my time. And I want to be committed to filling myself, not with emptiness, but with your nourishing, life-giving word. Come on, start to sing. Lord, we just hold nothing back. We don't want to be in cruise control anymore. It's not about works. It's about just opening our hearts, bringing those empty vessels to Jesus and letting Him fill it with anointing oil. Come on, the Holy Spirit saying, stop walking around the outer courts. My body has been broken on the cross to tear down the temple, the curtain in the temple. Come into the Holy of Holies. 